This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. You know, you meet someone you never saw before, and you need to buy some food and some water, and you pull out of your pocket some valuable, and you say, can you make change? You know, And the person you're buying it from, he's thinking to himself, what else has he got in those pockets? He's all alone. He's got no backup. I was hearing yesterday about a policeman in uniform. I was thinking of you, Eric. That he was on his way home when he pulled his private car into a gas station in uh, Logan Heights. And a man walked up to him and said, I'll pump your gas for $5. And the policeman says, no, that's okay. I'll pump my own gas. But the man says, no, you don't understand. I will pump your gas for $5. So the policeman thought to himself, I don't have any backup. So he says, sure, here's $5, pump my gas. Jacob had no backup. And so as Jacob beds down, with he has these three problems that are haunting him. First, he's alone. He's lonely. He has no one to be with him, no one to help him. Second, he's unprotected. He's unprotected from robbers. He's unprotected from animals. He's got no protection. Third, he's got no provision. He doesn't have, he didn't bring enough food for three weeks. He's got no food. He's got no clothing. He's got no shelter. No clothing's going to wear out. That's a picture of man without God with three basic needs. Deep down, there's loneliness. There's no one to protect. There's no one to provide. Man is lonely without God. He can be surrounded by his family. He can be surrounded by his friends. He can have his spouse. But inside, he's lonely because God has created man with a void, with a void inside that only God can fill. No one else can fill that. The Lord Jesus Christ called this inner void. He said, this is a hunger. This is a thirst, which he said, only he can fill when he said in John 6.35, John 6.35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of heaven. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And then he said to the woman in John, the woman at the well in John 4.13, John 4.13, Jesus answered and said unto her, 
Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And so God invites the hungry. He invites the thirsty to come to him. It's all about coming to him. He says in John 7, 37, John 7, 37, in that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. In Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55, 1, he says, ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye, buy, eat, yea, come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Wherefore do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligent unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, come unto me, and hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. So Jacob's alone, Jacob's afraid, Jacob's exposed, he's unarmed, he's unprotected, he's afraid what might happen to him. As he falls asleep, can you imagine, as he falls asleep, and he's thinking to himself, when I go off guard now, and fall asleep, I'm really vulnerable. I have no idea if I'm gonna wake up from this sleep. He goes to sleep that night, and he thinks about all the wrong that he's done. And he knows he's lied to his wonderful father. He knows that he's conspired with his, with his mother. He knows that he has robbed his brother. And he knows this, and he, clan, he can't claim to deserve to live, to not die. So there's this deep sense of guilt that's coming on Jacob now at night as he's going to sleep. That's the condition when he comes to this place that he calls in verse 17, verse 17, 28, 17. This is the gate of heaven. This is the gate of heaven. That was Jacob's condition when he came to the gate of heaven. That's the condition of everyone who reaches the gate of heaven. Everyone who reaches the gate of heaven is like Jacob. They feel scared. They feel guilty, they feel alone, they feel they're in darkness, they feel they're helpless. That's the ones who reach the gate of heaven. And if a person doesn't feel that way, they haven't reached the gate of heaven. The gate of heaven is reached when a man feels that way, when he feels scared and guilty and helpless, when he's at his limit, when he's at the end of his rope. Jacob has reached the end of his rope and he has a deep sense of repentance. So in that condition, Jacob goes to sleep. And we read in verse 12, Genesis 28, 12, 28, 12, he dreams. It's a vision of God. He behold a ladder set up on earth. The top of it reached to heaven. The angels of God ascending, descending on it. Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land wherein thou liest. To thee will I give it and to thy seed. So, what does he see when he gets to the gate of heaven? A ladder, a ladder that's set up on earth and reaches all the way up to heaven. And he sees angels, they're going up, they're going down the ladder, and he sees the Lord at the top of the ladder. What's a ladder? A ladder is for access. I can't get to the roof unless I have a ladder. I have access to the roof when I have a ladder. And a ladder shows access, and this ladder reaches all the way to heaven. This is access to heaven. Jacob sees that that gate of heaven 
is, has access to heaven. And he sees the Lord at the top of the ladder. Who did he see? Who did he see? Because John 1.18 says, no man has seen God at any time. Is it the only begotten which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. No man's seen God the Father at any time. No man has seen God the Spirit at any time. The only person that Jacob could have seen was God the Son. Who he saw? He saw Jehovah Jesus. When Jacob was at his extreme limit, he came to the gate of heaven. And Jacob was, he was like Nathaniel. He was just like Nathaniel. Nathaniel was under a fig tree in John 147. John 147, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. Thou art the King of Israel. Why did Nathanael say that? Because of what he was doing under that fig tree. What was he doing? His heart cry was going up to heaven. I believe he was actually meditating on this passage that we're talking about here with Jacob and the ladder. And then, because then the Lord answers right to him in verse 50 of John 150, John 150, Jesus answered and said unto him, because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So, so, only this time, in this vision, what's happening here, it's the Lord who's on earth. He's at the bottom of the ladder, whereas Jacob, the Lord, was at the top of the ladder. In other words, this vision is that the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God, is seen by Jacob at the top of the ladder, and God's reaching down to earth. And then later, when the Lord Jesus Christ has come to earth, he's the man now that's reaching up to heaven, it shows that in his deity, he's reaching down to earth. In his humanity, he's reaching up to heaven. He's the link. He's the link that links earth to heaven. He is the ladder. Now, because he said in John 14, 6, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man has access to the Father but by me. Or put another way, put another way, 1 Timothy 2, 5, 1 Timothy 2, 5, there's one God and one mediator. There's only one God. There's only one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. So as God and man, he's linking heaven and earth. And this is what Jacob saw. Jacob saw that he reached down from heaven to Jacob, who was at the end of his rope. And this is what he does for every person who comes to the end of their rope and reaches the gate of heaven. And the invitation is, I am God I will reach from heaven to you if you meet me on my terms. If you meet me on my, ter- my terms. What are his terms? His terms are just as I am without one plea except that your blood was shed for me. That's God's terms. God's terms are DRS. I am a dirty, rotten sinner. And I claim no, no, I claim nothing to deserve nothing but wrath. But I ask you for your mercy. Those are God's terms. So on this ladder, Jacob sees the, the angels were ascending and descending. Now, it's very critical. It's very important, that order there. First, the angels are ascending, and then he sees the angels descending. Now, we know about angels from Hebrews 1.13. Hebrews 1.13, which says, 
but to which of the angels said he at any time sit on my right hand until I make thy name as thy footstool, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? Angels minister. And when anyone calls on the name of the Lord, they are delivered, they are saved. That's the promise of Joel 2.32, Joel 2.32. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. No one calls on the name of the Lord without being delivered. Angels carry that call. Angels carry that heart cry of men up to God. Jacob was crying out from his heart for help. And those cries of Jacob were being carried up this ladder by the angels to God. Then the angels were descending, and that speaks of how angels help man. They bring God's help from heaven down to man, just as we saw the Lord Jesus in Matthew 4.11, Matthew 4.11, where he had spent 40 days in a wilderness, and he was tempted of the devil, and in Matthew 4.11 it says, then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. At the gate of heaven, there are angels ascending, carrying man's heart cries from man to God, and angels descending, carrying help from God to man. And then the Lord speaks, and he says to Jacob in verse 15, 28, 15, Genesis 28, 15, behold, I am with thee, that met, Jacob's need of loneliness. Jacob couldn't see God, but God had just told Jacob that he was with him. And the presence of God that he promised there is the ultimate satisfaction. That's the ultimate satisfaction, as the Bible says in Hebrews 13.5. Hebrews 13.5, let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God's presence, it takes away fear. It takes away fear because the Bible says in Isaiah 41.10, Isaiah 41.10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So at the gate of heaven, God promises to be with man. And that's the cure for man's loneliness. It doesn't matter how wealthy a man is or how popular he is or how educated he is. Man will never be satisfied unless he has God. And Jacob had God when God said, I am with thee. And at the gate of heaven is where Jacob's need for God was met because he promised to be with him. And then in verse 15, God also said, I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. You know, when God uses that word keep, he used the word shamar, shamar. Shamar means to guard. He said, no, I guard. It's the word that's used of the person who stands on the, on the wall of a city and guards the city, watches for trouble. He's the shamar. By telling Jacob that he's gonna keep him, God was telling Jacob, I'm gonna keep you, Jacob, like a guard, like a lookout. I'm gonna stand watch over you. You go to sleep and you don't worry about it because I'm gonna stand watch over you while you sleep. As David said in Psalm 3, 5, Psalm 3, 5, I laid me down and slept, I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. In Isaiah 52, 12, Isaiah 52, 12, God talks about this guarding when he said, you shall not go out 
with haste, nor go by flight, for the Lord will go before you. That's a guard that goes, that's a foreguard. That's a vanguard. That one goes before. And the God of Israel will be your rear guard. In the old English, rear reward. It means rear guard. So he's the guard in front, and he's the guard in back. That was particularly important because you may remember that the enemies of Israel, when they were traveling, were picking off those in the, that were the, the young and the infirm that had lagged behind. And so God said, I'm going to cover your behind you as well as in front of you. This is the solution for man's helplessness. We are helpless. We are vulnerable. We need God's protection. Like this last week in Takati, our managing director's son, he stopped at a convenience store in Tijuana, got out of his new car, he was a student, and some man came up to him, put a gun to him, said, get out of the car, and stole the car. But God protected him. And then later on, that man was overdosed with drugs in a mall, and the police called and said, we got your car back. We think we're safe. We think we're safe. We have every door locked. We have every weak spot covered. We have ADT alarm systems. But we don't know how helpless we are. We don't know how vulnerable we are. We don't know when something like that might happen to us and we are so helpless. That's why it's so important when God says, I will keep thee, I will guard thee. And at the gate of heaven, God promises protection. And when God said that he would keep Jacob and that he was gonna have the seed, which he wasn't married, didn't have any children at that point, that meant he was gonna provide for Jacob. This is the answer to man's need for provision. King David said God was so faithful to provide that he said in Psalm 3725, Psalm 3725, I've been young, now I'm old, and I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. God provides. We may not get what we want, but we'll get what we need, as he said in Psalm 8411. Psalm 8411, the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Everything we need, he provides for us. He provides it all through the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Philippians 4.19, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All we need, all we need. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, we need wisdom. It says, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom. We need righteousness. Of him you are in Christ Jesus, of who of God has made unto us righteousness. We need sanctification. We need redemption of him who God has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. That's the solution for man's needs, God's provision. Now, the gate of heaven was not only the place for Jacob to receive everything, but this was also a place for Jacob to do something. And we see this, and we see the confession he's making in verse 16 when it says, Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, the Lord is in this place. I knew it not. That's a confession. And he was afraid. That's a confession. And he said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God and the gate of heaven. So we see he's confessing, confessing, confessing. And at the gate of heaven, that's what happens. Man confesses his shortcomings, his sins. And how often we go through life and we don't take time, we don't thank God, we don't acknowledge his presence. We don't say, the Lord's in this place. We say, the Lord was in this place, and we knew it not. And that's a confession. And he makes a vow to change. He makes a vow to change. He says, then we see Jacob, he's afraid. He's being honest to God, and he's telling me he was afraid. 
and then he's going to honor God. First of all, he's going to call this the house of God, the gate of heaven, and then he acknowledges God. This is what God wants us to do. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, acknowledge him, acknowledge him, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. When Joseph named his two sons, he named one Manasseh, he named another Ephraim. He said about Manasseh, God hath made me to forget. He said about Ephraim, God hath caused me to be fruitful. That's the talk of a believer. That's the talk of a person who's acknowledging God. When he says, God made me to forget, the unbeliever says something different. He says, time heals everything. He says, you know, eventually this will also come to pass. You'll forget it, naturally. The believer says, no, God made me to forget. Joseph then said, God caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. He caused me to be fruitful. That's the talk of a believer. The talk of an unbeliever is I worked hard and I got what I worked for. Hard work. God helps those who help themselves. That's a talk of an unbeliever. I did it. Or I was lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. Talk of a believer is God caused me to be fruitful. That's what he wants. Always to acknowledge God. Be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious for anything. Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6. But in everything, everything, with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Then we see how Jacob makes his vow. And he says in verse 20, Genesis 28, 20, 28, 20, Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me, that's his presence, and will keep me in this way that I go and give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, that's his protection and his provision so that I come again into my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. That's his promise, Jacob's promise. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. You know, we don't have many ways to express our appreciation to God, but there is a tangible way. There is a tangible way, and it's from giving. Jacob said, everything I get, I'm gonna give a tenth to God. That's a tangible way. At the gate of heaven is also the place for faith's opportunity. This was his opportunity to exercise faith by giving this one-tenth to the Lord. And when we see ourselves as dirty, rotten sinners, and we feel that, that, that fear and that guilt and that helplessness, we reach the gate of heaven. And we've seen here that at the gate of heaven, there are angels. They're carrying man's heart cries up to God, and they're also carrying help from God. At the gate of heaven, we have the help of the angels giving us access two-way communication with heaven. And we've seen that at the gate of heaven, God promises his presence, his protection, his provision. He promises his protection to replace our loneliness. He promises at the gate of heaven, he promises our protection to replace our vulnerability. At the gate of heaven, he promises our provision to replace our, to re replace our, our needs, our helplessness. The gate of heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ because he said it in John 10, 9. John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved or safe, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for the gate of heaven in the person, in our person, in your person, in your son, in our Savior. 
We thank you, Lord, that he is for us the gate of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.